Hello, everybody. I'm Nick Cosper. Uh, don't hold that against me too much. Um, I'd like to introduce Craig on a yank on the footy and listen to some questions he's asked me about pies and uh, you'll all feel inspired. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 99 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. I'm looking forward to diving into this interview as my guest today is someone who welcomed me into the footy family early in 2017 as I began following the game in earnest. He is one of the two greatest Magpie supporters that I know, and in this episode I'll be sitting down with Nick Costa, who at the time of this interview was sequestered away at an undisclosed hotel in Sydney in quarantine after, well, I'll let you tell the story of why he was there. But I'm pleased to announce that he is back home safe and sound at his home in Queensland. Now, I really enjoyed this conversation with Nick. He's a fun guy, a lot of banter, a lot of spirited banter back and forth on social media. Uh, he gives people a hard time. People give him a hard time. We'll get into that in just a moment. But today's... Club of the episode, well, this is a first for me, actually. I uh, I actually had a request come through for the club of the episode, and I have to say I really love this idea. So uh, if you are somebody who has a, uh, a club that you want me to give a shout-out to during an episode, because what I've been doing is going through the list of clubs that I'm following on social media and getting a club name from there, which I don't mind doing at all. I love doing that. But if you've got a club you want to give a shout-out to, shoot me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or leave me a message on my website at yankonthefooty.com. But this request came from Narelle, the daughter of Frank Davis and brother of Tony Davis, who were my guests back on episode number 97. And today's club of the episode is a club that she plays for, the Mazinod Panthers Old Collegians Football Club. And the club has only been around since 2005, but it's grown into the biggest one in the area where they play. And they play in the Victorian Amateur Football Association League and have got nine teams, including the men's seniors and reserves, women's seniors and reserves, the thirds, and the under-19 blues and blacks. And they also have two Mazinod Panthers FIDA All-Abilities teams. And they operate from the Central Reserve in Glen Waverly, and they also have an affiliation with the Waverly Park Hawks Junior Football Club. So... Narelle, I appreciate you reaching out for this. I think this was a great idea to uh, to have somebody suggest a club. I And don't get me wrong, the ones that I've reached out to, I've, I've had some great feedback from. But yeah, if you're somebody who has a club that you're interested in hearing, uh, giving a shout-out on the show, by all means, go ahead and do so. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you want, like the show and you're interested and you want to help out the show, you can check out the Buy Me a Coffee page up on my website. If you're also interested, you can check out the podcast gear up on my Redbubble page as well. And one last thing before we dive in, if you are in Australia and you're following the Olympics, and Australia is having a fantastic Olympics so far, and I did see a little bit of a dust-up uh, about the the swimming event that took place yesterday or last night uh, where the world champion won the gold medal. And 
some uh, American kind of made some comments that uh, were maybe a little short-sighted and people went after him. So just real quickly, I'm not necessarily sharing that sentiment. It was one hell of a race, so let's just leave it at that. But the reason I wanted to mention this is uh, last week I talked to Lockie and Harper from the Where Do We Begin podcast. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, they are doing a Tokyo Daily series every day throughout the Olympics. They're talking about the events that have gone on. They're interviewing reporters that are on the ground. Uh, They did interviews with a dozen uh, Australian athletes who are at the Olympics right now prior to the Olympics. If you want to learn a little bit about a little bit about the uh, the athletes who are representing Australia, you might want to check out their podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes, okay? So now let's jump into this great discussion with Nick Costa, the guru of many of the finest footy pages that you're going to find on social media. Hello, everyone. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by my guest today. He is one of the people who welcomed me early on in my journey of becoming a footy fan, not giving me too much of a hard time about uh, not choosing to follow the Magpies. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a lot of fun talking to him over the last several years. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of my two favorite Collingwood Magpies supporters, Nick Costa, to the podcast. Nick? Thank you so How much for coming on, sir. How are you, Craig? Nice, you know uh, nice being on. I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm glad to see that the warden let you take off your uh, your orange jumpsuit here to sit down and talk with me today. Uh, yes, I I had to bribe him with some uh, espresso coffee that Mum <laughs> snuck in for me, but it worked. Yes. For, <laughs> for those of you who are now wondering what the hell are you talking about, uh, Nick is. Uh, is in quarantine after a, a, a trip, uh, which we're going to get into. So he's, uh, we figured this is a really good time to sit down and talk. And we, you know, we traded uh, messages for many months. So he said, anytime, I'll come on anytime. And I thought, this is anytime. So we're going to go ahead and do this. So I'm, are you, are you caught up on your jet lag yet? I know it's been about a week. Uh, I think so. Uh, normally, uh, Going to the States is always, I find it a little bit easier. Maybe it's because you know what you need to do and you have a lot more plans or motivation or the novelty, I really don't know. But I think coming back always tends to affect me a little bit more. It may have something to do with the time being forward a day because I have an ending joke with my, uh, my partner saying that every time I go to the States, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a day younger. And I'm a day old every time I come back. So, <laughs> which, yeah. So it's a, it's a bit like that, but uh, it, it has been a little bit challenging this time because it, it is a little bit different being stuck in a room and being greeted by uh, uh, army and police personnel at the airport and being whisked in buses. So it is a, it is a bit strange, but to answer your question, uh, it's, it's a bit of catching up on everything at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine it's been a whole heck of a lot of fun, though. Uh, no. And, and we'll, you know, once we get this released, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. send out, a, I'll send out a, a note online and have people send in some uh, TV recommendations for you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, uh, for those who don't know, I'm an admin in one of these uh, football group uh, here in Australia. We have about 1,500 members, which we've which we had picked to be the cream, cream of a cream, or however the saying goes. 
and uh, I I actually uh, posted asking for suggest suggestions on how to uh, I could possibly pass my time here, and some of the things they told me <laughs> I can't repeat, but it's pretty much what I expected. But you know, I think when you're in these situations, the best medicine is laughter, and that's yeah. why yeah. Uh, that's well, what I was looking for, and that's what I got. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't start mentioning them because I was going to have to turn the camera off. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> so, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into your trip in, in a couple of minutes here. But I wanted to, you know, this being a footy podcast, I wanted to go back and talk about your your beloved Magpies. Yeah. I know this is this has been a, a frustrating year for Magpie supporters. Um, yes. Maybe this is why you decided to leave the country. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I only do that at grand final losses, which is very regular. Okay. <laughs> so, where where does your where does your love for Collingwood come from? You know, this is is how uh, far back in your family does this go? Wow, I to go right back when I was four or five, I used to like. Uh, I think his name was Alan Mantello. They used to play for Hawthorne. I don't know why, but that guy, maybe his size or the way he conducted himself, you know. I followed Hawthorne for a, for a year or two, and I had the horse, Hawthorne uh, jumpers and everything else. But And my dad and mum were mad Collingwood supporters, but they never said to me, you know, you need to follow Collingwood or whoever. They left it entirely up to me and supported my choice. But having seen them at the football and me going with them and talking at home, I felt like I was a little bit alienated as I was growing. So I mm -hmm. thought, you know what, I'm going to join mum and dad. And ever since it was just, you know, my blood from red turned to black and white. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, you can certainly have a, you know, a player that, that you're drawn to mm. I me. Mean, you, you look at kids in, in yeah. games today, you know, that, you know, the ones, the kids who have been drawn to a LeBron James sure. or Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. you know, um, or, or any yeah. other, you know, a Dusty, a Dusty Martin who, you know, kids love watching yeah. Dusty play, but they may not be a Richmond supporter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. Would you say in that those days, sorry, Craig. Go, yep. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say in those days also, a lot of youngsters had double coats. And they used to have all these uh, pins and pictures of players and numbers. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing for, for some of your guests that don't remember that far back. But, yeah, we all used to be decked out with these duffel coats with pins and names and everything else. And that was, that was part of the, uh, the culture in those days. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what is your... What's your greatest memory as a footy fan or even as a player? Because I don't know if you played as a youth at all. So what's your greatest footy-related memory? Uh, good question. Obviously, <laughs> without being too obvious, I, I was lucky enough to be at the 1990 grand final against Essendon, uh, where we beat, beat them that day. We played very well and... That I would have to say was my best footy memory, because okay. it was so many years of being uh, stirred and 
put down and, you know, you're a Collingwood supporter and the old Collie wobbles and you always lose. And, and we did lose a lot of games, you know, only going back to the, the Wayne Harms incident when he hit the ball, which I think was near Ballarat, but he hit it back in and uh, they kicked the goal and won the grand final. Um, so a lot of those type of memories stick uh, stick with you, but the most, I, I guess the 1990 was more relief and happiness okay. to be able to celebrate properly for once. So I thought, you know what, I can die happy now. So, <laughs> Well, that was, you know, <laughs> being a, a fan of Cleveland sports, the, the, they, the, the football team here won a championship when I was a year old. And then the, the basketball team won a championship in 2016 when I was 53. So there was oh, about a okay. half century. There was, there was a yeah. lot, of, lot of dry. I mean, you know, the baseball team yeah. won it, last won a championship when my mom was six. And she'll be 79 wow. in November. Yeah. So it, it's been a yeah. few years for the baseball team. They're kind of sure. Uh, sure. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So did you did you play the game when you were younger? Then I played at school. Okay, and uh, uh, I I mean I wasn't very good, but I was very tenacious, and I, I wasn't scared, which was probably my undoing because uh, we played uh, another school. I remember they used to have these carnivals at school where. Mm-hmm. All the schools in those zones would get together and have sports days and all these type of things. And obviously, most of the guys wanted to play footy. In those days, it was soccer and footy, or you guys might call it football right. with a round ball. I really don't know. I call but, it a communist yeah, had... game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember this particular day we were playing footy and um, I was going for the ball, I was in the air, I was going to market and I could see another fellow coming towards me and I thought, hmm, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> but, you know, it's happened so many times before and maybe a few bumps and bruises, who cares? But unfortunately, this guy jumped and he, he stuck his knee just under my throat, which uh, shattered my collarbones. Both of um, them? Uh, yeah. Wow. I don't know how, I don't know how but... It, it, Maybe the other one was when I fell down. I really okay. don't know. I can't remember. But my, sh- my collarbones were shattered. And for those that don't know, you know, you can't put collarbones in a, uh, in a sling or cut or uh, plaster and get better. It's, you know, they can't really do much. It's just a natural thing that your body has to uh, uh, rejuvenate itself. So that was probably the end of my footy career okay. uh, that day. Now, day. did did you make that decision, or did your mom make that decision that you were done playing? Um, <laughs> mom predominantly, because if it had been up to me, I would have played with one leg. But uh, yeah, mum and, and the doctor. Okay, so I could I couldn't really say no. But I took up soccer instead, and okay, I I ended up having uh, you know cracked uh, ankles and shins and things like that instead, but. <laughs> at well, least they could heal they could they could heal those yeah because i yeah as you were saying there's not much you can do with collarbones you know the the treatment for a collarbone is just people come on up and tea and patting you on the shoulder and go damn that looks like that hurts uh, uh, yes <laughs> yes yes so look I'm, i mean some people would say oh you know what a what a weakling you are it's only a collarbone but you know it holds you it holds you your uh your shoulders up and right your arms, right so yeah, you with that you, you could that you couldn't yeah 
you couldn't join the French army or anything at that point in time, could you? (laughs) Mate, I had to move my arm sideways to try and march instead of uh, up in the air. So that wouldn't have done anybody much good. My my apologies to French army people who are listening. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) So, so, but, you know, you've... uh, You've had a rather, like I said, a tumultuous year. Well, I'll get to I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. The, the yeah. pies have had a really tumultuous year this year. Where yeah. do you see this uh, going um, into the future, <clears throat> into next year? Because you know it's uh, you know Bucks is gone now, and yeah. uh, no, sorry, where, where does this where does this go then? Um, I look, I mean, I think us supporters are very judgmental and we always like to blame and point fingers and think we know best. But I think it's part of uh, clubs that, you know, they need to rejuvenate and go down some levels every, every so often. So when you have these moments where you're successful, like Richmond's been and West Coast to a certain extent and Hawthorne recently, you know, you need to really take uh, that success and bottle it because mm-hmm. it's not going to continue. The system won't allow you to continue because of draft picks and, right, and right. everything else. So I think looking at pies this year, I think it was, we've been pretty, well, very competitive the last two, three, four years without, without uh, uh, getting the ultimate success. Mm-hmm. And I think... The fact that we were so close, they, uh, I guess, they they gave some players contracts which weren't really um, conducive to the future, but rather to the now. And you know, I'm talking about Trelaw. I'm talking about uh, you know Phillips, uh, the other guy that went Stevenson. to Stevenson. Yeah. So you know, these guys were given very big contracts to stay and mm-hmm. to be part of success. But when that success didn't come and the reality started to, to bite, they had to make huge changes, which, which I have this year. And you know what? Could it, could it have been dealt better? Of course. But the other thing is, if we had a one against the Eagles in 2018 right, right. or 19, I mean, everything would have been forgotten and forgiven. So this is part of football. So what do I think of this year? This year had to happen. Yeah. And... Had to happen, and you hope that stability uh, is number one key in any footy club. If you have stability, you have culture, you can look forward to the future. Well, at the moment, the only thing that's bothering me is uh, the culture side of things. Uh-huh. And I guess, you know, in house dramas and indecisions and bickering um, is not conducive to uh, a, stable, <clears throat> a stable football department and stable culture yeah because while you had while you had everything going on with the the salary cap issues and such you had everything else that was happening with that report that was coming out as well so i mean it was exactly it was it was like you know it was like getting hit by a bus coming one direction getting knocked into the other lane of traffic and getting getting hit by another bus it was a perfect storm yeah it was a perfect storm yeah and you, you know uh the easiest things things for supporters to do was blame you know blame 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 but you know i think the club football club itself should should and has probably looked at itself and and has said you know we have made some uh, some bad decisions 
But, you know, you tell me one football club that's never made any bad decisions because they all do at some point in time. Right, right. Uh, And, no, I'm optimistic, but I'm also a realist. I don't think we'll probably uh, be in finals for the next two or three years. But I like like watching some of these youngsters uh, playing at the moment. Uh, You know, Pendlebury, side bottom, uh, some of these players won't be around. Uh, in the not too distant future, and you know they're not easily replaceable. Right, right. But but you know you're looking at players which I'm not sure whether it's 100 percent complete as as far as coming. But father and son, as Nick Dacos, um, you know he's absolutely starring at the moment. Um, he's part of a Dacos clan, mm-hmm. and they say he's he's the best. So you know things like that excite us supporters. Right, right, right. Um, and that's what excites me. It's not only about where do you finish and are you going to win the flag? Because you know what? If you're lucky enough to to win that, just bottle it up yeah. and <laughs> don't take it for granted because put they don't come a, around very often. Put it on a shelf and celebrate yeah. it. Yeah. So do you think exactly do you think that this is Robert Harvey's job next year? Or is he just there to finish out this year? Well, it really depends who who's available. I mean, I have nothing against Robert, but you know, if I can be really, uh, you know, fairly critical to a certain extent is when the coach gets sacked or moves on and is a caretaker, I don't know why, but everybody tends to play out of their skin when the caretaker takes over. It happened in North Melbourne, it's happened mm-hmm. with other clubs. And maybe that's players are worried whether they have a future and need to justify their existence, I really don't know. Makes sense. But... But it really, uh, since well, Harvey's played the last couple of games as a, well, as coaches the last couple of games, I haven't seen that enthusiasm in players mm-hmm. that you know, like Shaw had with North Melbourne when they couldn't win, and he came along and they won four or five games in a row. And, right, right. You know, he was a savior, and now he's so, a Gold Coast. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's far too early to okay. uh, speculate. On, on, on coaches at this okay. stage. But there is there is some good candidates out there. Yeah, but, they, you, know, you, I, you need to cattle too. Right, right. Well, that's true. That's very much true too. But yeah, you, know, you, you see what is, you know, you kind of have a, you kind of have an unofficial caretaker coach at Hawthorne right now, exactly. you know, which. Uh, yeah. Would you, and, and I've heard some people saying this, you know, some of the folks on, on some of the, the news sites online have been saying yeah. that they, they don't see Alistair, Alistair Clarkson coaching Hawthorne next year. They said he's not going to be there next year, even though they've said he's going to be there, that he's not going to be there next year. Look, the beauty about football is, is always speculation. Right, There's right. always rumours. Um, you know, you never, I never believe what the media say or what, what and, and until the club actually makes an official statement. Uh-huh. Personally, my thoughts are that, you know, Clarko's been there, I think, 16, 17 years now right. or, or thereabouts. He's had a very successful uh, uh, period there. And I think he just needs maybe a change for his own uh, development and his own uh, evolution, so to speak, because you can just become part of the furniture after uh, that many years. Yeah. You know, Sheedy, she happened to Sheedy. That happened to Eddie Maguire. It happens to to a number of people. The club's always bigger than any individual. Always has been, always will be. So would you, so, let, let's just speculate here for a minute. 
would yeah. you like would you like seeing him change his stripes from yellow and brown to black and white? Um, look, I, I think the association, immediate association would be success. Mm -hmm. He won three flags in four years at Hawthorne. He's going to come and do the same at Collingwood. And if you believe and think that, well, you're delusional. Because footy moves on. <laughs> footy moves on. Uh, you know, styles, the, the style of a game's changing every year. So there's a lot of factors. You know, is he a good football coach? Of course he is. Is he going to be a good football coach as far as how the game's developing and moving forward? I have my doubts. Uh -huh. I think he was good at a period of time. And I think, personally, I said to somebody recently, I would, if I had a choice between Clarko and Mitchell, I'd pick Mitchell. Uh -huh. Because he's young. He's, he's just been out of a game. He's been to West Coast. He's sourced of success there. He was part of that success in 2018. And a lot of players were saying, you know, he, he contributed a lot than uh, what people gave him credit for. Right, right. So I look at those as I look at those aspects, and to answer your question, I would prefer someone like Mitchell rather than Clarko. Okay, okay. I even heard somebody say that uh, maybe Scott Pendlebury becomes a player coach. Look, uh, our game's littered with history where champion players are made very, very uh, underperforming coaches, yeah. so to speak. Happened to Voss, happened to Hurd, it's happened to uh, Buckley, Voss. It happens to a lot of the primers. So, no, I didn't know I didn't know that. They're Buck champions, but it's totally different. Buckley was a player coach early Sorry? on? Buckley was a player coach? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Same. He went from being a player to a coach. He was okay. a player that became a coach. Gotcha, gotcha. That's correct. That's okay. Correct. I don't okay. think there's ever been a player coach in recent times for an AFL club. Yeah, yet. the only one that I the only one that I knew of, <clears throat> uh, if I'm not mistaken, was Reg Hickey. He's the only one that I've heard of that did it back with Geelong. And I think maybe Ted Whitten. I think Ted okay. Whitten rings a bell okay. when doing both, but I, I can't say that for certain. I can't say that for certain. Yeah, I had uh, I had one of uh, Reg Hickey's. Uh, like grand nephews on for an interview way early on in the podcast. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Would have been exciting. Was, was kind of cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, who do you who do you enjoy watching besides the Magpies? You know who else is? What other club do you like to tune in to watch play? Even though you don't care necessarily whether they win or lose. Uh, well, it depends if you're looking at it in a sentimental point of view, or if you're looking at a skill point of view. Okay. Um, Sentimental point of view, I like to see success come to St Kilda and maybe uh, Melbourne to a certain extent. Okay. Like, you know, the dog, doggies, uh, doggies tasted in 2016 because us supporters, I guess, we do dislike each other and banter and everything else, but we can feel the pain when somebody's waited for 40 or 50 years right, without right. seeing success. As far as the teams that uh, I, I prefer to... Uh, I prefer to pick plays that I like watching rather okay. than teams. Um, you know, there's some plays like, you know, Walsh for Carlton at the moment. You mm -hmm. know, I love watching mm -hmm. that. I love watching that kid play. Um, there's, a, there's a number of plays I love watching. 
Uh, as far as styles, I, I love the way Tigers played the last two or three years that, you know, move forward at all costs and, right, right. and you know, let's get some goals, however they may come, pressure, pressure. And also like the Eagles game plan as far as starting from a back line, chip, chipping, you know, kick, hitting a forward up the wing or in the centre, bang, you know, put the accelerator on before you know it, Kennedy or Darling or one of these players have the ball in front of goal. So you, you love watching that. Because I'm a, I'm a few, uh, footy purist to a certain extent. I love okay. watching that. But I also love watching how it evolves because certain certain teams like Richmond and West Coast to a certain extent, those, those type of game plans are now starting to become obsolete and you're starting to see the foots grow, the doggies breed mm-hmm. come through and have they played or have the Saints played last night. Right, so, right. You know... This game's always evolving, so you can't really sort of. My point opinion is you can't really say I enjoy watching that because I do enjoy watching it, but then I'm going to be enjoy watching something totally unique mm-hmm. and something new, which is what we love about a game. So, are you? I guess as a fan standpoint, then and you know, it, because he's brought a lot, brought about a lot of change, even in the, just a short period of time that I've been following yes. the game. Are you, are you glad to see Steve Hawking move into the the front office position back with Geelong, or do you think he you know, would he be better served staying with the AFL? Uh, look, I mean, I've, I don't want to speak too much you know, of the, of the uh, AFL, but it is a boys' club to a certain extent, and uh, I think they lose touch with reality. Uh, and, you know, in a lot of times, you know, even with you know, grand final tickets, you know, mm-hmm. supporters go there every week, become grand final tickets, the, you know, fifth, half, half the allocation goes to, uh, to corporates. You know, right, I don't right. believe in that. And I think Steve Hocking going to Geelong, I, I think he just needs to put a different hat on and, um, and do his job. Uh, you know what he's supposed to do, rather than an AFL point of view, which is would be totally different. Okay, totally different. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I know. That I saw a lot of lot of people on social media that were that were congratulating Geelong for taking one for the team or taking one for the comp and getting mm. him back, getting <laughs> him back down the the highway, back home again. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Look, it's all part of it's all part of the fun. Right, right, right. You know, so, you see success and all that will be forgotten. <laughs> so you've just uh, you've just returned home from a a lengthy trip to the United States. Uh, how yeah. many of these how many of these trips have you made over the years? Uh, oh, look, I mean, it's not only to the States, as I was saying before, our podcast I, with with my vacation, there's a lot of travel involved, especially to um, supply channel countries like China. Uh, Asia in particular, Indonesia, yeah. and the US obviously is to to see customers, visit customers, and with the uh, uh, with the thought of development and helping them sort of plan and and all all that kind of thing. So to answer your question, I'd probably go to the states once or twice a year, and China maybe four or five times a year. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I yeah. I know I've seen I've seen you post on social media that you were heading off to China. Um, yeah. So it's uh, 
what what surprised you? You know, you you went to another country during a pandemic or during the the waning moments <laughs> of a pandemic. Uh, you've been here before. What surprised yeah. you about coming to the U.S. during COVID? Okay, let me go back one step. I okay. I was in, I was in China when all this uh, came out. Oh my God! I, I I didn't. Re- oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's just that's just speculation. There. Come on now. They, I, well, I, on, I have boy. I have listeners in China. I don't want to get my podcast pulled <laughs> down from there. So wherever it may have originated. <laughs> Well, it depends you know, what you believe. Where, wherever it may have come from, right? Yeah. Well, who knows where these bats live? But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I was there when it it started, or uh-huh. where it was from. So I mean, I was I was quite immune to you know uh, thinking and worrying about it. I thought, oh, here's another SARS type thing, or bat flu, or not. Sorry, bat flu, but mad cow disease, or. You know, uh, I remember going to Hong Kong airport for the last you know, five or ten years. I'd always take your temperature and everything else. So you become you become accustomed to all those uh, type of, uh, I guess, things that come up in those very highly populated countries. Uh-huh. But to answer your question, uh, obviously, with the US, uh, the borders are totally shut here in Australia. And in order for me to be able to travel there in the first place. I had to apply for a business travel exemption, which took me four four attempts. And they don't tell you exactly what they want, but you need to keep adding information until they they finally say, yeah, okay, you can go. And that information for me included company invoices, invitations of conferences and meetings I had already in the States. So in other words, they needed to make sure I was going there for work and not going there for Disneyland. Um, right, right. Why, any, why anybody would pay, you know, five thousand dollars for a return ticket to go to Disneyland? I really don't know, but yeah. So, well, t- time yeah. out there, time out there, because uh, hopefully in the near future, I plan on doing the same damn thing just to come watch some footy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope airline tickets are back to normal. I, I, I paid twelve hundred dollars return normally. Yeah. You know, wow, quietness and specials. Yeah, I mean, this last trip was nearly five thousand dollars, and uh, and the other thing I, I speaking about uh, <clears throat> the duration. Another aspect I put down on my I, should, I don't know if I should be saying this. <laughs> up. You already are, <laughs> but they <laughs> exactly. Maybe they'll quarantine me for another month. But I actually, you have to stipulate when you when you come back. Uh-huh. So my normal business trips are about two or three weeks maximum. Now right. I knew if I'd have put if I'd have put two or three weeks, I would have said no, because we've got no beds here or no quarantine facilities and all these other things. So what I do is I put down three months, uh-huh. um, and I even booked for three months, and I was more than happy to stay there for three months if I had to. That's how important this trip was for me. But the fact that I I managed to get an earlier return flight with uh, United. And the strange thing is, it's the actual airlines that uh, determine who comes back and goes into quarantine and not the actual government. These are things I've just found out now. Ah. Yeah. You need to have, make a declaration, but you can only do so after the airlines have said, yeah, we, we, we've got a seat for it. Uh-huh. So, uh, 
So to, to cut a long story short, uh, my three month old, my three month uh, plan trip ended up being just uh, under five weeks, okay. just over a month. So going back to what you said, what my expectations of the states, I I speak to people there most days. So okay. I always knew that California and New York was were probably the hardest hit, similar to Australia and lockdowns and, and everything else. And, you know, states like Texas, Florida and so on were a bit more lenient, so to speak, um, a bit more liberal with their approaches. So unlike Australia, where it's, you know, the population is really, okay, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, who's sick? Let's close this city down and that will... I mean, America's a very big country, so 250 million people. Uh, so they can pack. Actually, about, about 330, about 330. Oh, be your pardon. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you had a few Mexicans in lately. So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying they, they're great workers. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was 250, but there you go. Progress. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you get the gist of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so, so getting back to your question again, because I like to waffle a bit, instead of going to LA, I thought, you know, I don't want to go to California and risk maybe being quarantined for a week before uh -huh. being able to um, get out of the flights and see customers. So I thought, I'll get a ticket to land in San Francisco, get a connected flight straight to uh, Houston in uh, in Texas. Okay. And that's what I did. Okay. okay? Uh, first time in Houston, first time in Texas. So getting back to your question, I loved it, although yeah. it was very, 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 very humid mm -hmm. and, uh, and hot and I was pouring most days. Yeah. So did you like the barbecue? Barbecue? Yes. Did you get any, any of the good barbecue, like ribs and that sort no. of thing while you were there? Um, no, because I was really focused on making appointments and yeah. and uh, seeing customers. And I did I did go to some restaurants, and I mean, you guys in the states love your food, and uh, I think I haven't eaten so many so much cheese that I have for the last five weeks, and what I have here in Australia for the last ten years. I mean, you guys put cheese and ice cream there if you could. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I mean, basically, when you're on your own traveling, uh, Craig, it's either getting invited out for customers to take you out for lunch, which I went to plenty of lunches, but dinners and things, when you're back in your hotel, you really yeah. just want to stay there and just right, focus right. on what, yeah. what you need to do. I, I, do, I do know that somebody tried to invite you out for lunch, but you decided to bail on them. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, take a rain check because... Uh, hey, abs absolutely, yeah. You know what I didn't understand, man, is I thought, like, in Australia, Sydney-Melbourne's an hour flight. Brisbane-Sydney's uh -huh. an hour flight. No, I thought, you know what? Houston to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina... Yeah, about was... two and a half or three? Two and a half hours, three. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's great. So now to go to uh, Cleveland, mm -hmm. it'll probably be another two hours or so. Well, hello. You don't have direct flights. You have to, when you book, it's either six hours, stopovers in all over the place. So yeah. to answer your question, the reason why I didn't have time to catch up with you is because my two and a half hour flight ended up being 
uh, close to seven hours. Yeah. Because I had to go through uh, other towns and oh, I don't even know where I landed, to be honest. I just landed <laughs> and waited and just took off again. Because <laughs> you can't go to the airport. So. Right, right, right. Of course, Atlanta or one of those places. So, so when you got off the airport, did they did were they sequestering you in the airport as well then? In San Francisco when I first No, came? I meant like when you were traveling around inside the US yeah. and you're doing just domestic flights. Well, it's the same thing, social distancing, masks on airplanes, okay. and things like that. Unless you have a drink or something to eat, then you, then the virus knows, so you right. can take your mask off. <laughs> yeah. So well, <laughs> While you were here, and I and I, I just thought of this, while you were here, and while you've been yeah. here in the past, do you do a lot of your own driving while you're here? Uh, no. Okay. Because I, um, I was wondering about the, uh, you know, the the you know driving on the proper side of the road instead of what you typically do. Well, I have driven in the states. Okay. <laughs> I have driven. I have, I know it's a bit of a mind twister for the first couple of days. Yeah, yeah. You get used to it. Yeah, uh, was... I think dri driving's the easy part. It's when you have to turn that you uh -huh. sort of get a bit dis disorientated <laughs> and which direction you should look for for trucks and cars coming. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, my my wife and I, we got we got married in December and we went on our honeymoon the following August. And at that mm -hmm. point in time, my wife was about three months pregnant and we went uh -huh. to, we went to the UK, you know, we went to England and to Scotland. Yep. She, she'd gone to school in Scotland for a year. Well, she got yep. very, she got very ill. Now she, uh -huh. she, she'd been there, you know, and so she had, you know, she had driven in, in England and that sort of thing. So, you know, we'd rented a car. She was going to do the driving there. Well, she got ill and almost had a miscarriage. So she spent, Ooh. she spent two days in hospital in England. So here, oh. I've never been there before. So, you know, yeah. we, we've had an ambulance pick her up to take her to the hospital. We were staying with some mm -hmm. of my sister's neighbors when her husband was in the Air Force there. And so I'm, I'm trying to drive to a hospital that I have no idea where the hell it is in the middle of the night on the other side of the road oh, for the first time. That was, that was an absolute nightmare for me, you know, yeah. in, in multifaceted nightmare. And you know, it's, you, know, you know, that, that was my, you know, my son, he's an officer in the Navy now, but it was just, it was a, yeah. uh, we had a little bit of a scare there, but yes, I, yeah, I completely empathize with, with uh, folks when they, when they travel to countries where the, the roads flip flop on them. Cause it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it does take some concentration. Look, I mean, most of the States you have your, uh, <clears throat> what do you call them? Motorways or freeways right, right. as we call them in Australia. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, ma ma the major routes are, are all on these major roads. So once you're on those driving, it's fine. It's yeah. like I said, it's getting off and turning at stop signs and and red lights and green lights and so on. It gets a bit confusing, but you get used to it. My my partner, on the other hand, uh, my yeah, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she just wouldn't. She, it's all too daunting. Like oh no, can't, couldn't possibly. But. I had a try once and it worked okay. So yeah. you just slow down and just uh, be a bit more careful. That's all. Yeah, there you go. That's true. So did you <clears throat> did you learn anything new about us while you were over here? You know, in terms of like our uh, approach <clears throat> to COVID or, or okay. anything at all? Uh, oh, I think uh, my general observation is that a lot of people are over it, to be honest, and everybody wants to get it back at work. <clears throat> 
Um, I think also what I what I noticed on this last trip is that we had a similar a similar <clears throat> scenario here in Australia, whereby a lot of people got paid to stay home by the government uh, throughout the pandemic, and <clears throat> and some people, you know, like part time or casual workers, were making three or four times the amount they were they would normally make. So. <clears throat> And some of the workers in my industry that drove trucks or set up tents and all these other weird and wonderful things, they said, you know what, why would I go to work when I have two, three children, I'm, I'm making more from a government, Yeah, yeah. so they, they stayed home. Well, that's, so that's, exactly, that's exactly happening yeah. here still today. So what the crux of what I'm trying to say to you is I've noticed on this last trip in the States that everybody's looking for staff, everybody not mm -hmm. needs workers. And, and that's across across all states that I've visited. Yeah. So yeah. I think they stopped that in uh, in California. I think in July sometime or June that people were getting paid to start. Um, I really don't know. I well, I know it was a it was a kind of a national thing as well. But you know, I, oh, you know, where, okay. we, yeah, where I where yeah. I live, you know, we have we have you know a massive amusement park here that has more roller coasters than any other park. On the planet, you know, we've got yeah. Lake Erie here. We've got you know boating and fishing. Yeah. It's just a, a massive tourist area, and the businesses here are clamoring for any kind of help. I mean, they've you know they've mm -hmm. almost they've doubled their starting wages, trying to encourage people to come to work because mm -hmm. exactly what you mm -hmm. said. Yeah, and yeah. it's been it's been you know a lot of these businesses have had to close down different mm -hmm. days of the week because they just don't have enough staff to open up. Yeah, which is, yeah. and that's, and it's not that there aren't people that are able to work. It's because, as you were saying, the government mm. is saying, "Here, go ahead, stay home. Yeah. We'll take care of you." Yeah, yeah, and I think the other thing on top of that is a lot of people that uh, were put off or or made redundant during the pandemic, like a lot of in in my area again, a lot of staff members, they 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 got other jobs whereby mm -hmm. it involved staying at home and working. Right, so right. They, they be, they've become accustomed to that now. So they're saying, well, why would I go on, on an, in a traffic jam to work like I used to all those years? I'm better off staying home. I can go and make my lunch. I can see my children more. And I'm still working, mm -hmm. but I'm working from home. Yeah. So I think the mentality and, I guess, people's perceptions and a lot of things have changed the last 15 months. And I don't know where it's all going to head, but we'll wait and see, I guess. Okay. But at the moment, it's a bit of uncertainty with right, staff right. and labour and everything else. That's right. what I've noticed. Yeah. So now that you are uh, now that you're locked away in some sketchy hotel at an undisclosed location, uh, <laughs> do, do you feel like a criminal yet? I do actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, uh, probably a, an underprivileged criminal at that because. <laughs> Criminals actually have a, a, a window, or they could actually go out and exercise for even ten minutes a day. Yeah, yeah. We we don't we don't have that luxury. We wow. can't go outside. No opening windows, so it gets it, it gets pretty challenging. <laughs> you are, and it's like with drawers. Some people have balconies. Some people have opening windows. I just copped. I mean, I can say I can tell you where I'm staying. What's what's it called? The Marriott International. Well, there you go. In hot, 
Hyde Park, ain't it? It's a nice hotel, yeah. but the novelty wears off after a few hours in the same so, room. So technically, those windows do not open? No, they don't. Okay, well, you know, you probably have one extra chair in the room that I'm sure could open one of them. You couldn't close it again, but you could get it open. <laughs> hey, it's only my seventh day. I think by day <laughs> 10, by day 10, I think I will have a, a window. It's the 15th floor, so... Okay. I'll have to tie all the towels together yeah. in my sheets to make go. sure. I'll... So what's been the, and, and I don't know if there's a correct answer to this, but what's been the best part of quarantine? Uh, best part, geez. I mean, for me personally, it's yeah. been the, uh, the fact that I've been able to catch up on a lot of work. Okay. Uh, emails. and I mean, I have Australian time, I have Chinese time, and I have US time. So basically for maybe 17 hours every day, I can work if I wanted to, because mm -hmm. I always have somebody or something to do or to, or to communicate with. So that's, that's helped. But uh, for me, after coming back from a trip, you, you need a bit of a break. Right, right. But because I'm being stuck in here, I've decided to take a rain check on my break and just still focus on work and what I had to do. Um, and that's been good to a certain extent because there's only so many movies you can watch or phone calls you can make to family and then so on. Well, so, and, and once once this wraps up, though, if you're caught up on all your work, you almost get to go home and have a little bit of vacation at home then. Uh, you never catch up with work because well, there's always dramas. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know what? I'll be able to take my dog uh, for a walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things I take for granted, I would love to do that today. Right, right. So little things like that I miss, and that's, I will definitely be doing that. I even said to my partner, we'll go for some country drives up the mountains and things and just switch my phone off and uh, enjoy some fresh air because that's what I miss. So what's, what's driving you, this is actually a two-part question, what's driving you crazy during quarantine? And then the follow-up is, what normally drives you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, what drives me crazy in quarantine, obviously, is, um, I guess, trying to make sense about a lot of things. Uh -huh. um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not, like I said to you before we started, I, I normally look at science, I look, look at logic, I look at a lot of things. But it doesn't make sense to me that I should be tested or somebody should be tested before they fly, when they land, be quarantined. And if you haven't got something, you haven't got it. Right, uh, right. <laughs> right. You know, I'm more likely to catch something here at these type of places with the circulating air conditioning from all these other rooms than what I would That's a great home. point. That's a great point. Okay. So... Uh, that upsets me because it doesn't make sense to me. It uh -huh. is, a punish, is a punishment for me traveling to the States uh, for five weeks. That's what it seems like to me. Punishment that I was actually allowed out. Well, yeah, because I saw, I saw um, somebody posted a, a news article today that said that police in New South Wales are actually going around where people are shopping and kind of making arbitrary decisions in terms of whether or not the stuff that they're mm. purchasing or things that they actually needed to purchase at that time. <sighs> yeah, look, uh, I think attorneys or lawyers, as we call them here in uh -huh. Australia, they're, they're going to be making a lot of money because I don't think anybody knows what the real laws are, and what uh, they can and can't do. And, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's just a lot of uncertainty. And I, my point of view is, you know, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most positive things I've read for the last 15 odd months came from, uh, I think it was a Prime Minister of, uh, of Singapore. So, you know what? We're going to stop all this isolation. We're going to stop this lockdown. We're going to stop doing what we've done because mm-hmm. we have to learn to live with it. It's something we have to learn to live with and we have to treat like any other virus or anything else that's in the, in the community. You know, some viruses are already out there will, uh, you know, have an adverse react on the elderly or the, or the you know, the compromised uh, people in the society. That can't be helped anyway because it's always happened that way. Okay. But, but you know, let's, let's get back to some form of normality. And I thought, you know what? Australia's had, uh, I think I read, no deaths this year. And, you know, you can put the argument of, okay, it's only because everything's been shut down and everything else. Right. But also you can put the argument of, uh, is it just a real overreaction that, you know, <laughs> there's nothing really here to worry about in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know? I mean, I've never known a school or a hospital or anything to close down because somebody's got the, uh, the cold or a flu. I used to go to school and if I was sick, doctor, the, the teacher used to say, go home so you don't spread it to anyone. Right, right. I didn't, I didn't have to go home and wear a mask and be in quarantine for two weeks. So, and look, I, everyone has their own opinion, uh, Craig, and I'm not saying I'm right. You asked me a question. No, that's, I, yeah. right. Yeah, I was, I was, this is basically, yeah, yeah this, this is not necessarily the gospel according to Nick. This was just, this was just your views on things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's tough at the moment. It's tough. Yeah. I, you know, were people surprised that you that you made the trip? You know, people you met with here were they surprised that you made the trip from Australia at that point in time? Well, I mean, I'm not unique. Uh, there's, I think, about five or six thousand that actually leave every month. Okay, on, on business uh, trips okay. around the world. But you know, you have to have a valid reason. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I had a, a, a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, thoughts from my family saying, you're silly, you're this, you're that, you know, you may get it over there, you may do this, you may get that, you know, you're better staying home. And and you think to yourself, you know what, I've been doing that for 15 months. Uh-huh. Um, I can't keep doing that forever. Uh, I have new customers I need to see. And a lot of people say, why don't you have Zoom calls like, like you're having with Craig now? Uh-huh. Well, you know what, I do a lot of that. Yeah. But sometimes you have to you have to meet people to have that connection or to build that connection, especially with new customers. Because let's face it, you know, if I had two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I want to I wanted to spend on an order, I'd think twice about giving to somebody who lives in Australia. So that's a good know, point. Really, that's a great point. You actually, re- you really need to have that uh, that connection. So, and I need to do that at least once a year. Although I do have a partner that's based in LA. No, he's more into the financial and uh, administrative side of things. Okay, okay. So let's just say, and I mentioned this to you before we got on here, worst case scenario, <clears throat> okay? Y- yes. You, you screw up your quarantine. And yeah. the, uh, the, the government officials from New South Wales come knocking on the door and say, Mr. Costa, uh, we're not sure where you're going, but you ain't staying here. And they put yeah. you back on a plane and send you back to where you had previously been. Where, where, okay. where, 
where are you going to get where are you going to go in the united states where are you going to now call home in the united states <laughs> since you screwed up your quarantine okay good question <laughs> i mean i think one one city that uh did get a bit of my attention as far as uh, being very picturesque and maybe a little bit different was salt lake city okay um and even flying in, you could see all these lakes and all these other, uh, you know, uh, landmarks. Mm-hmm. And just speaking to some locals there, they said, you know, you need to try, go over the mountains and there's some lovely picnic spots and, you know, places that you, you'd love that aren't anywhere else in the States. So I thought, you know what, even walking around during the day or going outside the motel room, you'd see all these beautiful mountains in the background. Right, of, right. Uh, going around the city. So I thought, you know what, if I went back there, uh, I'd probably go there. Okay. Less traffic, less rush and hush and that, what you have in LA, in LA and some of the other bigger cities. And I heard a lot of people from California are relocating up there because mm-hmm. of cheaper cost and maybe yep. a, a, a better lifestyle. A lot of snow. I went, it was very hot actually yeah. when I went uh, last yep. month. So... I can wait, imagine. That. Wait a few months, you'll get a lot of snow there. Yep. Now, well, in that I, case, I'll go to uh, Miami instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got a few few questions for you here that are that are kind of off track from the other things we've been talking about before we wrap yeah. up here. And some of these are ones that I've been asking a lot of people as they've come sure. on this show here. But uh, you're planning your own music festival, and you get to mm-hmm. you get to bring in three artists. Ooh. perform at the festival Who, who's playing it at nick's nick costa's music festival i'd have the celine dion okay i'd have God, who else is there um, <laughs> i mean i don't want to say it old-fashioned or old i mean i can't mention Elvis presley and those type of guys although i could yes you could you i'd could. have i'd have uh, i'd have uh, probably you too okay um and maybe somebody a bit more laid back uh oh god i like music across the board so mm-hmm. um pro- how about uh what's a canadian like michael Bublé, just okay. to sort of okay have a few have a few scotches at late at night too there you go there you go yeah that's not a bad one that's not a bad list okay yep. now I, I ran across this question on Twitter and I thought this was just a really great question to ask. And if, if you were in a room with all of the people you have ever met or you have ever known in your life and you come into that room, who is the first person that you look for? Are we speaking family or could be family? Or... Could be anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who, but you, you look, you look for your mom. Okay. That's being Italian. I mean, yeah, we're all mummy's little boy to a certain extent. We get spoiled. <laughs> well, yeah, growing got... up with with food and everything else. Yeah, so and, t- and two mummy. and two broken collarbones. Yeah, you definitely have to look. For <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Look, I, I'd like to say some nice girlfriends I've been out with, but you know, I'd, I'd like to see what they look like now. So I'll stick to mum. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? What bugs you the most about society, about people? Um, I think uh, probably religion to a certain extent. I think that's that causes a lot of issues. Uh, 
and I mean, you know, that's not saying who's right, who's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that bugs me. That bugs me because I think religion and money always cause issues around the world. And uh, I'd like to see sort of less of that. Okay. Okay. That's not a, that's not a bad answer. That, that's, that is a unique one. I've not had anybody go that way before with that one. Not bad. I'm Aquarian, so we, we think a little bit deeper in some things. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you finally sit down to write your autobiography, which you could probably get done in the next week, uh, what, what are you going to call it? Um, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try and keep it clean. I don't care. Uh, if you can, I, I can mark this explicit. You can, you can call it anything yeah. you want. What can I call it? You know, uh, wow, I call it anything. I mean, sport, this, that. I mean, uh, I could call it Nicky Wobbles. How's that? Nicky Wobbles. As in okay. Wobbles. Okay. Nicky that's, Wobbles. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I like that one. I like that. Now, this is, uh, <laughs> this is going to definitely uh, date when this interview is being done here. Um, what does Ash Barty's victory, along with uh, Dylan Alcott's victory at Wimbledon yesterday or today, what does that mean for Australia? Well, it's been 40 years, so it's, it's fantastic. And us, us Australians really celebrate sportsmen that mm-hmm. achieve the ultimate somewhere, and they get treated like heroes. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot, especially the way things are at the moment with all this COVID and people being locked up and everything else, it's good to have something positive come out. And that was, the timing was spectacular for that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, thank you very much to uh, Miss Barty for that. Yeah, that was it. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you is when we were starting out tonight here when we first sat down, but I actually turned on the television. I think I did. I, we actually turned on the television to watch like the last half hour of her. Yeah semi-final her final four match and then the finals i okay i don't i don't watch tennis I, it just isn't something that interests me but yeah it was just in it was enrapturing so many people that i was seeing yeah, online yeah. and such that were so excited yeah. about it. i thought you know and i'd seen little yeah. pictures ever such i'm going to check this out and see what's going on here yeah and i'm glad yeah, i did yeah. and 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 she just seemed like such she seems like she's just such a a wonderful genuine yes. kind kind person that is that is just humbled by what yeah. happened earlier today. I just have, I just have one thing I don't like about it, which I'll, I'll admit, and you know, I don't want to uh, stifle your enthusiasm. And, no, that's okay. But, but she fires the tigers. Poor thing. Well, that's that's what I don't like about it. <laughs> that's what I don't yeah. like about it. If that if that's the only thing you don't like about her, <laughs> she's probably okay then. That means she's okay. okay. That, she's probably okay <laughs> nonetheless. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you're a magpie supporter and i asked you to come on today okay and i'm i'm a cat supporter hey. and you haven't told me to go you know go jump in a lake yet so i did i did try and steer you in the right direction at the beginning uh, craig but hey, i know well i know i went that direction hey, 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 look i mean hopefully you'll uh, see some success oh, well, knock on wood i mean there's been you know yeah. they've got They've got a couple key injuries right now that, uh, you know, with, with Cameron out and with uh, Mitch Duncan out right now. And that, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's better to have them now than September, mate. That's true. That's true. So um, it's probably a good thing that they're, that they're resting them there. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, all about, 
No, go all ahead. about making top four. All about making top four. Exactly, right? and ex exactly, and that was the nice thing that you know Melbourne did uh, with Port yep. Adelaide the other day. Yes. And yeah, uh, okay. you know, I I tipped it. To be, first of all, I didn't have I didn't have Melbourne in the eight this year. Mm. And yep. it's yeah. My it's, my grand final. I I tipped I tipped the Bulldogs and the Cats in the grand final this year. So I, I, maybe that's going to happen. I don't know. Um, Big chance. Good. I think it's either good. I picked. I picked recently. I, I I posted something in that group saying it's either out of them two, and I've included D's in mm -hmm. that. They're the three teams that have been standout so far this year for me. Yeah, yeah. So, but anything can happen on the day, Craig. There you go. Know. There you go, uh, ladies and gents. I do want to thank uh, Nick Costa for joining the show today. Nick, I'm I'm glad for you. Uh, I, I'm thankful for you for welcoming me into the footy family and, 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 you know, treating me kind of as, you know, as an equal and letting me become part of the groups that you're, you're with and, and yeah. answering the dumb questions that I've had over the last several years yeah. as I'm yeah, trying to learn about the game. Um, I, I truly appreciate people like you doing that sort of thing. And um, a pleasure, this, is, Craig. this is, this, this conversation was a long time coming and I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to sit through eight more days of this. Uh, yes. Do, do you? Well, you know. You know. Well, I, what I, do you do? It is what it well, is. That's true. That's true. But you know, you're. Uh, you can get all your. You can get caught up on your work, or you can get ahead on your work, and uh, then you can go home and sit on your yeah. patio and sit on your patio with yeah. a scotch and. Uh, yeah. Get live on no, Facebook I look for, and. I look for look forward to that yeah i mean i'm going facebook now but but right, also right. i'd like to i'd like to thank you for inviting me today craig it has been a long time coming i'm sorry i'm not a bit more enthusiastic it's early, uh, it's early feel, in the morning I'm, I'm feeling a bit flat but yeah. uh but also the fact that it's great to have uh u.s uh nationals like yourself interested in our game and actually being really passionate about it we we you know we'd like a lot more of of, of uh, Craig Wessels in our uh, in our uh, society and in our groups because you know it's it's always good to uh, to listen to other perspectives and see things from the outside and I'm sure one day you will come to Australia. I'm and, hoping so. Uh, I'd love to take you out for a bite and uh, a nice beer. Well, I, I can only handle one beer because other than that, I'm going to fall asleep because I don't have I don't know. I come, I, um, truth be told, I, I come one whole, one whole side of my family were alcoholics yeah. and yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I like beer. I've yeah. never, I've never been more much of a, like a, a hard liquor person at all, but I, I yeah. like a beer, but if I drink more than one, I'm going to fall yeah. asleep from it. It's just, it's uh, I don't have much of a yeah. tolerance for it, which is not a bad thing, I guess. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't drink much at all under socially, but yeah. there's like low alcohol beers. Right, right. There's a lot of other things. Yep. Maybe, I don't know what you like, but with wine, probably Australia has some nice wines too. Maybe you can try. Terrific. terrific. We'll, think of, we'll think of something. Okay, well, thanks for coming on, man. I truly appreciate it. Pleasure. Pleasure. All right. All right. I'd like to give a huge shout out of thanks to Nick for coming on the podcast. Let's be honest, though. Where the hell else did he have to go at that time? He might as well sit down and talk to me. If you've got an idea for a show topic, or if you know somebody who would be a great guest, and I've had several people who give me ideas, I have so many guest ideas going through my head right now, uh, drop me an email at yankonthefootyatgmail.com. Shoot me a DM on Twitter at yank underscore on, or leave me a message on 
my website. Okay, remember that you can find all the episodes for the podcast at yankonthefooty.com or on your favorite podcast host. There's links to most of them right on my website as well. So if you don't have a favorite podcast host and you're looking for one, that's a great place to start. You can go ahead and uh, hook up with one of them. The one that I that I use is one called Stitcher, which I, I just like the way that it's structured. There are a couple of shows that I enjoy listening to that that are in Stitcher Premium, so I have to pay a couple dollars a month to listen to those shows that otherwise I would not be able to hear. Uh, so I also have most of my episodes up on my YouTube channel. That's something that I am going to get caught up on. I just have not gotten there yet. You can just search out my name, Craig Wessels. And don't forget that, you, like I said, you can find everything related to the podcast at my website. I hope you'll check it out. You can get on the email list. So when new episodes come out, it'll end up in your email before it goes anywhere else. Uh, I also send out little messages and that sort of thing once in a while to my my email list. I don't bombard people with emails or anything of that nature. It's not a five emails a day or anything like that. You know, usually when a new episode comes out, that's that's about it. Um, now, last week, or actually a couple weeks ago, I did send out a listener survey with my subscribers, uh, as well as sharing it out on social media. If you're somebody who listens to the show quite a bit, I would love for you to give me your input, because the next episode that's going to be coming out, uh, in terms of regular episodes, is going to be episode 100, and it's going to be unlike any one that I have done before. I, I, I think you're going to want to tune into that one, because... It is it's extraordinarily unique, and it's very insightful. But if you've got some ideas in terms of how the uh, podcast can improve, or what I could do differently, or what you do like, you know, an affirmation would be fantastic. You could take, you know, four or five minutes to fill out that survey. It's just about a half dozen real short answer or yes or no type questions, that sort of thing. Okay? That'd be terrific if you'd go ahead and do that show and you want to help kind of give that little algorithm at Apple Podcasts a, a little jolt, go ahead and you know, take a couple minutes and head over there and, and tell them what you think of the show. That'd be greatly appreciated. Okay? And ladies and gents, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in and for listening. It sounds as though a couple of states are getting ready to come out of lockdown. Uh, Sydney, it doesn't sound like that's going to be happening with you quite yet. So I... I hope that that's going to be uh, getting taken care of as soon as possible. As I was saying there, uh, episode 101, which has already been recorded, uh, is with one of the uh, editors of the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, Carolyn Cummins, who is a huge Sydney Swan supporter. We had a lengthy discussion about the Swans, some great stories, a lot of laughs in that one as well. And... Uh, I'll be bringing that one to you here in the next couple of weeks. Now, I'm also going to be bringing you episodes here very soon of some interviews that I'm going to be doing with some players uh, from the USAFL as I'll be heading down on uh, the 6th of August to the regional tournament in Cincinnati. Looking forward to actually getting to see some games in person. So, very excited about that. Uh, hoping to sit down with some of the players and people involved with the game down there. Hopefully get some interviews with them done before I head down there so I can work on doing some editing and some publishing of those interviews while the games are going on as well. Because, let's be honest, I'm not going to be out uh, late after the games from the hotel room. I'll be there just hanging out because that's what I do. Okay, so folks, 
take care of each other, look out for one another, give that friend a phone call. Yeah, if you haven't heard from them in a while, get on FaceTime with them or Skype or Zoom or whatever you have to do. Reach out, let them know you care. Be kind to one another, be decent. I'll talk to you very, very soon here, okay? And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. has been episode 99 of a yank on the footy now don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yank on the footy at gmail.com you can also find me on instagram and on facebook at a yank on the footy as well as on my website yank on the i hope that you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family and until next time everyone goodbye <laughs>